0: Listening to the Fours Up Podcast with your host,
1: Marsh. What up? What, what up, Canes fans? It is the Fours Up Podcast. It is Tuesday, July 14th, and it is a beautiful day to podcast. As always, it's your boy, Marsh. And as always, I am joined by the one and only. God's favorite child, <laughs> my wonderful producer and co-host Jordan Nelson. Jordan, how are we feeling today? Oh, I'm.
2: I took a bow just barely, just so you know. Thank you for that magnificent introduction.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know if I was feeling the spirit, but I. I am just so excited for this episode because we have two of my favorite. People coming on today. We got Gabby Rutia coming on first and then Roman Kane coming on after that. And so I am hyped. I am hyped. We have so much to get to. I wanted to address two things first. Um, and we're gonna talk about this in the show. Okay. First off, good news. Good news first. Derek King was named to the Davey O'Brien Award watch list today. Huh? Yeah. Yay! He's so good. So that's the good news. I mean, it's not surprising. He's going to freaking ball his ass out this year for the Hurricanes at quarterback. He is, he is God's other favorite child. Um, here's the second thing, and this is the thing. That I, if you saw me on Twitter today, I was a, I was a lunatic. I, I was sounding like the Marsh of Old. Um, ESPN. The almighty ESPN, you know them. They're great. They released their ACC preseason rankings. And FSU was number four in your Miami Hurricanes, the team who has beaten FSU three straight years. The team that has clearly more talent was seventh.
3: Yeah.
0: Interesting. Dude.
2: (laughs) When I think about that, my mind is just flooded with all the normal middle school insults that you can't say anymore, you know?
1: <laughs> it's like, it's like, I thought this was ESPN. I thought they were smart. No. No, they're, apparently, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> apparently they're oh, not gosh, at so. all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I So I want to, we're going to dive into this a little because I'm so flabbergasted because it's so, and they were ranked, I, I think they were ranked ahead of North Carolina too. Now that's just stupid. Yeah. Like Lou like they had Louisville at number three and UNC at five and Miami at seven and FSU with ninth year senior James Blackman at quarterback number four. Yeah. Oh jeez, dude. Like I should not be this mad. And honestly like no like I don't care that we're seventh. Like we won six and seven last year. I really don't care. The only thing that pisses me off is that FSU is above us because I don't care if it's racquetball. I don't care if it's football in November. I don't care if it's preseason rankings by a possible fake ESPN account. If we lose to FSU, I will get mad. I will retaliate, and I will fight for my right, and I will fight for my canes.
2: I will fight for my right to party.
1: I'm not – I ain't no bitch. (laughs) Okay. Is Gabby ready? He is ready. He was born ready. That's – I love him. Let's get him on.
2: Cool. Gabby, what's up, man?
3: Hey, what's going on, guys? Gabby! (laughs) What's good, Marsh?
1: What's going on, man? Gabby Rutia from 247 Sports is back on the show, one of my favorite people. Not just in Cane story. Gabby's just one of my favorite people in general. (laughs) How you doing,
3: man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I got no complaints right now, honestly, man. I'm uh, I'm doing all right. How are you guys? How are you guys doing?
2: We're good, man. We're good.
1: We're
3: eh? good. So, we're last- Gabby and I are getting ready to become college graduates. Yep. yep. That's, That's exciting, exciting, man. Praise the Lord, man. Yeah, man. We've we've had extensive conversations about how long we've been waiting for this day to come. <laughs> dude, we were having that conversation like last April. Yeah, exactly. Okay,
1: <laughs> so dude, last time okay, we had on, so- Gabby, um it was the day
2: before you announced that you were, uh, going with two, four, seven. So, so last time you were on, you had announced that you were done with uh, state of the U. Um, but would you mind just telling us how the two, four, seven gig is going so far and, and congrats by the way, man, it's, uh, it's cool seeing your name, you know, up in, uh, up in lights, you know, with that <laughs> info and stuff.
3: Yeah. and No, thank you. I appreciate that, man. It's been, um, it's, it's been great. Honestly, like, i'm really just so grateful to have gotten the opportunity um you know i don't really i don't really know how much like i i just feel like it still feels like surreal to me you know like i feel like 24 7 sports is one of those places where it's just like i've I've always kind of looked at that as like the source of, of information and it's kind of like you know i kind of like i feel honored like i feel like like, I feel like I deserved it. You know, I do feel like I worked hard. And I don't say that in like oh, an arrogance. Yeah. Like I, I say that just because I, I really do believe I put in the work and all that stuff. But at the same time, you definitely feel like that, that responsibility to provide quality content. And, um, you know, at first, I was like, can I do this, you know, like, this is this is much different than like, you know, the work I was doing before. But then, you know, you kind of get into it. And you see kind of like, What's really cool about the, the company is like, you know, you have so much support from everyone across the entire network, you know, like this isn't something that you're diving into alone and you're expected to just like hit the ground running and figure out, you know, like Andrew Ivins has been has been such an incredible mentor. uh You know, he, he's he's bestowed so much knowledge upon me and just helped me really just like find my footing in this new field. And um, I, I'm really grateful for him. And, you know, just like the time that he's invested in me and just for him, like believing in me and and just everyone else in the company. It's been it's been it it really is a collective effort, you know, between like finding information, finding sources and all that stuff. It's you know, that that's what makes the company so special. That's what makes it run so well. And I'm honestly just really happy to be a part of it. And I'm excited about what the future holds, because I know that this is just the beginning and I'm, I'm I'm I'm. I'm honestly just grateful. That's really the word. I still kind of pinch myself whenever I see my name, like my byline come up on InsideTheU.com. Dude, it makes me feel like a
1: proud brother or something. Maybe Besides your fiance, I don't know if there's anyone prouder than, <laughs> than I was. So for Thanks, those sir. of you who don't know, Gabby and I were part of the same quote-unquote recruiting class for State of the U back in, when was that, like May 2018?
3: Yeah, I think I think so, around that time.
1: Yeah, it feels like forever ago, but I mean Gabby is is one of the hardest workers I know. So professional too. He's not an annoying asshole on Twitter like I am. Like the kid <laughs> is like the the best kind of people. Great brother too. We love your brother. So dude, yeah, you are killing it and dude, I we this is what we were this is what we wanted, man. I like this yeah. is what we talked about like so many times like this is this is it and and you're doing it, man. So Again, congrats, man.
3: <sighs> Thanks, man. Thanks, man. You're, you're right on the way, man. I believe that. Hey, hey, you're right behind me.
1: Hopefully, man. Hopefully. Okay, so let's, let's get into this thing. The first thing I wanted to ask you, um, we're going to talk about Cameron Kitchens, things like that, but did you see ESPN's preseason rankings for the ACC?
3: I did. I did. Um, I didn't see them, like, officially from ESPN, so um, I'm not sure if they are, like, actually ESPNs, but yeah. if they are, I have some... They're, they're suspect, to say yeah. the least. They're definitely
1: suspect. Hey, yeah. So FSU at four and Miami seven. I'm, yeah. I, 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 get, I get riled up by that. Like, and I act, you know, I, I, you know, overreact and I get angry. What were your thoughts? And like, do you think? I, I just don't get it because there's no way in hell that FSU is, it, it has more talent than Miami.
3: Yeah. No. I. Um... The response on your end is definitely warranted. Like there, I feel I just feel like any rational person watching college football, uh, despite how bad Miami finished, um, can kind of put two and two together and be like, all right, Miami's not the seventh best team in the ACC, and Florida State probably isn't the fourth best team in the. I'm not, I'm not even mad about like them being ahead of Miami or whatever. Just the fact that they're fourth, I believe they're ahead of UNC, and um, that's just a big no. I think Louisville is super high, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were, like, third or, or – I mean, I remember just seeing Louisville way up there, too. Um, it doesn't – to me, it doesn't make sense, honestly. I, I kind of throw that away and just be like, all right, whoever's, whoever put this list together is either trolling, uh, trying to get cl- – I understand it's slow. You know, there's no sports going on. You know, it's very easy to throw Miami on the bottom of that list and know you're going to get the clicks. You know, you're going to get the responses that, that you kind of want. And um, I just don't see any validity in it, honestly. That's why. I, that's probably why I didn't get like upset. I was just like, okay, like this is just this is just a little ridiculous.
1: So I, I mean, cause I've been saying for a while now, like, and like I respect FSU, like they're definitely our rival, but like I, I, I don't see them being very successful this season like I I I don't like James like I'm not a James Blackman fan their offensive line is still not great besides Terry at receiver and uh, Marvin Wilson at DT who are like big name guys like that would elevate them to even be in the conversation of being more talented than a team with De'Ara King Brevin Jordan Quincy Roche Greg Russo Greg Russo like I I don't know I just don't get it but I just had to ask you because it, it's been driving me crazy. And I don't know if – because, yeah, I don't know if it is a real ESPN account, but, man. Woo.
3: Yeah, no, I don't I – don't, I mean, they got a couple guys. You know, they're always going to be talented. But I just feel like there's just so much, so many, like, deep, more deeper, ro- deeply rooted issues at Florida State that you are know, just going to – I'm sorry I didn't catch that. It,
1: it's Well, it's, it, it's a little similar to Miami last year. They just seem like yeah. they have a lot more problems – off the football field
3: definitely yeah and I just feel like that there's just something that's going on in Florida I feel like it's been for a couple of years now really since Jimbo left like or even that last year that Jimbo was there like I feel like there's just a lot of things that just aren't that aren't right about the program right now. They just haven't been able to figure it out. I just don't think there's any like real structure over there. And I just think that, that for those reasons like they're talented. You know they got guys like I know Durden on the defensive line is also good. You know they got they got LeBorn. they got the transfer from Texas A&M, they got Santi Samuels. But still like it just feel like like there's talent there but it just it never seems to like really come together. I definitely don't see them being um, a top 7 team in the ACC. I don't think anyone in their right mind would believe that. Florida State is better than the other, what, eight teams in the ACC? That's just, just not going to happen.
1: Well, and, and I have all these FSU folk just going at me say, Well, FSU is actually supposed to be better this year. I'm like, In what world? Like, I, I, I just, okay, whatever. Let's move on. Okay. Cameron Kitchens, I am stoked, Gabby. I am so excited. I love this kid's film. Um, I love. You know, he's a playmaker, but great tackler as well. He's everything that you want in a safety. What do you think this means for Miami's 2021 class, their future at the safety position? And how do you think he will fit into, you know, the Miami defense?
3: Yeah, uh, Cameron Kitchens is a is a huge addition, and I think. I think the fact that Miami won yet another battle over an SEC program, I think that that just speaks volumes to kind of like where Miami's at right now on the recruiting trail. You know, this is a, this is a kid that a couple cycles ago might've might've slipped away to Auburn. You know, we would have seen probably seen the same situation with Melo Brinson see him maybe take off to a Texas A&M, maybe take off to a Georgia, but Miami's doing a really, really good job of, of kind of keeping these kids home. So I think that Kinchins is a huge addition to the class um, as far as like what he brings is just, you know, this is a kid that, you know, he's 5'11", 200 pounds, you know, he's, he's, he definitely has the ball skills to play safety, you know, he's a, he's going to become a, thir- this is going to be his third consecutive year starting for, for a Northwestern team, that's won three straight state titles, so this is a kid with, with a ton of talent that has those ball hawking abilities, but he's also versatile enough to potentially, you know, come into the box and play some, like, you know, just pretty much move down and kind of, you're, you're able to move him around on the defense, which is something that Miami's kind of been recruiting for, you know, almost like, almost like, if you're kind of, read the tea leaves you kind of see that Miami's uh, recruiting a lot of those types of kids like positionless guys where you know you're able to kind of move them around you saw with Frierson who's he's kind of like he was kind of recruited as a cornerback but then he played safety and he's moving a striker Keontra Smith was a safety that's moving a striker you know all these guys that you can kind of move them around and I feel like that's that modern style of defense like I feel like Kitchens really fits with this defensive staff is trying to do with just like you know athletic guys that are able to do a bunch of different things well that are and, and that are fast you know that are able to react and just play that 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 just like aggressive style of defense that that Manny Diaz likes so um, yeah I think that uh, I think Kinches is a great addition to the secondary room I think he fits in really well with the with the rest of the group of guys over there I think like you know, like I said, he's so versatile, and I feel like a lot of those guys are. Like we, we're talking about Avante Williams, this this class, and you know, we're talking about him as a guy that could potentially drop down and play slot. You know, he's a guy that that could be so electric in so many different places in the secondary. And I think Kitchens is just another one of those types of guys where there's just the the, the possibilities are are endless, especially once you get him to a college system and you know you you continue to develop him and you get him with David Feely and stuff. I just think that he's one of those guys that. You know, just just brings so much to a defense. And then you throw on his leadership skills and and just all of that. And you have a really, really good defensive back in Cameron Kitches. I really believe that this was a a huge get.
2: Yeah. So we've uh, on the podcast, we've heard him described as having Jaquan Johnson's leadership ability, but better ball skills. How do you feel about that comparison?
3: Oh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, again, he's a kid that's intercepted 13 passes at, at Miami Northwestern. You know, there's a kid that's playing in one of the best divisions in in the state of Florida. You know, he's playing 5A football and he's doing it extremely well. Um, Yeah, that I think that's I think that's very, very fair. I mean, the leadership characteristics, he's kind of like a, a show don't tell type of kid. He's a kid that, go, that shows up to work every day. He works ex- extremely hard. He's put on a lot of good weight and just really made himself into an exceptional athlete while you know, I, I've talked to a couple of, the, of his teammates, um, specifically Tim Burns, and he, every time I talk to Tim Burns, he tells me, like, there's not one person I want playing behind me. Like, there's not one person I trust more playing behind me than Cameron Kitchens. Like, you know, I just think that that speaks volumes to the type of player that he is. I think that speaks volumes to what he brings to a defense and the fact that he says that every single time I talk to him and how much he trusts him back there. Um, I think that tells you everything you need to know from a guy that's played with him more than more than anybody else. So. Um I think that that's a I think that's a fair comparison. I know people kind of mentioned that and I think that's um I think that's solid. Nice, nice.
1: And I think we're all in, um, you know, I think we all know or assume that Brashard Smith is going to be the next player to hopefully commit to Miami. Gabby, I'm a huge fan of Brashard Smith. I wrote an article for State of You last week about him. The dude is, I think, just so underrated and just so I mean, you guys need to bump him up over there at 247, man, because I think, what was it like 13 touchdowns, 36 catches over 600 yards receiving. Do you think that, um, like how, cause I think he could contribute right away at Miami. Like, I think that he can be like a legit playmaker for the hurricanes right away. What do you like about his game? And would you say that Miami is, is the team to beat?
3: Um, at this stage yeah I think Miami's sitting in a pretty good spot uh, I know Florida's still working hard to to kind of bring him back into that class as a as a former gator commit um but yeah I think Miami definitely has to like where they're at right now as far as his game yeah marsh um this is a this is a really talented kid you know he's one of the fastest players in the state I think he has a, a four he's he's timed at four four in the lasers so this kid has blazing speed. He he is a three star, but you know the way I kind of describe that is is, is as the old saying goes goes down here, a three star in South Florida is a floor, is a four star anywhere else. So I think this is one of those situations where you kind of throw the stars away. You don't really think about how the rest of the country views him you know he is listed apparently a little bit smaller than he actually is we're still waiting for some verified like measurements and and weight there but i think he's listed at like five nine and a half like 160 apparently according to his coach at palmetto he's uh 511 closer to 190 now if that's the case i mean i really honestly could care less what he's rated i think that this is just a kid that's really impressive extremely athletic uh really fast and he's just he's one of those guys that's, i mean you said it 13 touchdowns on what 36 36 catches that's i think it's a little over a third of the time he touches the ball he's scoring so uh yeah put that guy on my team any any time and i'll definitely be happy with it i think that he's an electric guy uh you know kind of listed as an all-purpose oh he was listed as an all-purpose back Mm -hmm. a guy that you know like I, feel like, I, I believe it was Tyreek Hill that was also a running back in college. You know, this is a kid that could really do a lot of different things. Like, it's one of those guys, you, you just put the ball in his hands and he'll find a way to make a play. I think that's a good way to describe Rashard Smith. Not saying he is Tyreek Hill, but, you know, he flashes the elite speed. He flashes the ability to just do it all, you know, be able to carry the ball to the backfield, catch the ball from the slot. I think that this is, a, I think this is a really talented kid that Miami would be happy to have in this class.
1: Would you say, would you, I mean, because, I mean, you... He could really drop that commitment note at at any moment right now. Would you? What what do you think the timetable is right now? What do you think, Canes fans are looking at? If you had to guess, well,
3: if I had to guess, um, I spoke to him a few weeks ago and he just he gave he just told me soon. Uh, I'm not sure what to make out of that soon because soon to these kids could be it. Obviously, wasn't within the two weeks that I spoke to him, so it wasn't that soon. Um, I think by the end of the summer, like at the end of these summer months, I think it's um. I wouldn't be surprised to to see a commitment from him uh, just based off like, you know, what I've really, what people are hearing, what people are talking about. Um, I don't think that I, I think that that could be a pretty reasonable time- timeline and potentially before the if the season does start before his senior season. So maybe later on into August, potentially at the end of the month. I just think I think by the end of August, we will probably know where he's where he's headed if I were guessing at this point. Okay. Okay.
1: So, okay, next a, sorry, go ahead, John. So, I got a question for you, Gabby. Um
2: so there there's been a lot of buzz around some of the the five-star guys that we are in the mix for. Um specifically James Williams, Mason Smith, uh, Leonard Taylor, Jake Garcia, and Jason Marshall. Um if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to hear you rank those guys in terms of uh like who you think one to five, the most likely to commit to Miami. So your first one would be the most likely to end up here. Fifth would be who you think we have the worst shot at.
3: Okay, all right, I can do that. Um, my one and two, um, are almost like I feel like a one A, one B because I I don't really really know who to put on top of the other, but I do feel pretty good about Miami. Like out of the names that you mentioned, I feel probably the best out of these guys, and it would put I would put James Williams and Leonard Taylor. I think those two would probably be 1A, 1B, just because um, I think James Williams is... I mean, he, he's he's publicly said it. I mean, he, he just wants to see Miami win. I think really that's all it comes down to. I think if Miami has a good season, as we're anticipating, um, especially with the fact that so many kids are already staying locally, I think James Williams is... Um, I think it's a possibility if Miami takes care of business and does what they need to do. And I think the same goes for Leonard Taylor. And I still feel pretty good about Leonard Taylor. I feel like every, every passing day, I feel like a lot of people are becoming more and more confident that Miami really is actually a player here. So the fact that I feel good about Leonard Taylor and I'm willing to group him with James Williams, I think says a lot about, kind of the ball being in Miami's court at this point. I think it really is up to Miami, which one of these, if they land these guys, I just think if they go out there, do what they need to do. I think it's, I'm not going to say it's likely. I think it's, um, I think it's at least possible that uh, one or potentially both end up in the class. Uh, third, I'm going to go Jake Garcia. Uh, I, I do. I, I really think, I, I do think that there is um, something to people saying that he does really like, like USC. I think that that's probably his dream school. I think something would have to really go down for him to actually decide to step away. But, you know, people that I, I I've ta- I've spoken to people that are very close to Jake and they they have told me that they believe he's going to flip like he's going to flip like they like the the source told me that they that he believes at some point. Jake Garcia is going to decommit from USC and Miami, if, if that were to happen, I think the most logical destination would be Miami. Um, we don't know what other schools are talking to him, so we can't say that for sure. But I think if Jake Garcia does decide to open up and that's a big if, uh, Miami fans should feel pretty good about where they sit there. Uh, fourth, I'm going to go, um, this is kind of, I feel like this is kind of a toss up because I, I don't, if you would ask me last week, I definitely would have put Jason Marshall fifth because I, I I felt like he was pretty adamant about the fact that he was going to either Alabama Clemson or Florida, but it seems like he's like in these recent weeks, he's kind of, I guess become more open to open to Miami. Maybe it is a kind of a factor of all these kids staying home. The word, like the rumor is that he's going to expand his top group. One of our writers at 24 seven sports, Christopher stock, he actually spoke with his coach and that's, that's pretty much what he said, that the idea is that Jason Marshall is going to expand his top three, maybe to a top five. And Miami is expected to to be a part of that group. So because of that, I'm going to put Jason Marshall at four. I'm going to put Mason, Mason Smith fifth. And, you know, I feel like that's really not even like in this situation. It's really like I'm, I'm putting him fifth. Like normally that would be like no chance, but I don't think that that's really the case. Um, you know, this is a guy that has visited Miami before, like he's competed in front of the defensive staff. So uh, the fact that Miami's made the cut and that he's already been on campus at, at this stage in this atmosphere, in this climate of the way recruiting and college football is kind of at right now. I think the fact that the kid has been on campus really, really is is, is kind of it, it really has like a leg up on a let's say on a program that he hasn't visited, but maybe likes the idea of. So I think that the fact that Mason Smith's been to Coral Gables, I think that there's at least something there. Uh, but at the end of the day, he is uh, he is from Louisiana and LSU is off a fre- is is freshly off a national championship. And um, LSU gets what they want in Louisiana and uh, they want Mason Smith. I think it's um I think it's all but certain that he probably ends up uh, with a th- committing to to the home state Tigers. I just can't imagine Miami beating out LSU for for an in-state product like that at this stage, especially one so highly touted. Okay.
1: He's good, man. I love his tape. Yeah, I mean they're all they're all good. I mean I want them all to come to Miami, especially. Yeah. I I I'm still I, I still just I'm still confident that he makes that flip. Okay, so you and I both wrote a piece on this little uh, more recruiting news. Three-star offensive guard Ross Masuli, uh, yeah. from SoCal Mater Dei High School in uh, Southern California, put the Miami in his top five yesterday. Um, question one. Do you think Miami makes a serious push at him and two – well, I guess two should be one. Do, do you think Miami is going to take another offensive lineman in this class, Or and do you think they need to?
3: Um, I'll answer the second one first. Uh, I think that it's possible that they take a fourth one. I know that if signing day were tomorrow and these were the three guys that they signed, I know that they would be happy. I know that they would be very satisfied with – you know. The, with Michael McLaughlin, the offensive lineman out of Stoneman Douglas, uh, Lawrence Seymour, the offensive lineman out of Miami Central, and Ryan Rodriguez out of Columbus, they would be very satisfied with that class. Uh, I think a fourth guy would have to be someone that is really just, you know, how Pat Riley calls his free agents like the a, a whale. Like mm-hmm. you know, like like uh, it would have to be a whale. It would have to be. I, I think it would have to be a Tristan a Tristan Lee. Um, yeah. I think it would have to be someone of that caliber. I'm not sure if they're going to go take a fourth because you got to remember Miami's at sitting on 17 commitments right now. You know, the, yeah. the number the numbers are, are getting a little tight uh, at, at this stage, you know, especially with so many targets that that they still uh, hope to to really get after. Um, So I think if they do take a fourth, it's it's really going to have to be one of those type of guys. Are they going to take a, an interior lineman? from California that hasn't played football in a year because he he after he transferred from Cathedral Catholic as a sophomore he had to sit out last year before due to the California transfer rules before landing at at Matter day now as a senior and we still don't even know if there's even gonna be a high school football season so is that gonna be the fourth guy you take I'm not saying the kid's not talented um I think he's I think he's he's he was like first team all state as a sophomore this is this is a this is a talented kid no doubt but are you gonna are you gonna do that? I'm honestly not 100% sure at this stage that they're willing to do that. Um, I could be wrong. Things can change. You know, this is a very fluid situation with everything going on right now. Um, but if I if I were a betting man, I would not I would not. Um, anticipate Ross Masuli being in this class. You know he also has other programs that are really going after him. He's a West Coast kid that has USC in there, Hawaii, and he's very yeah. proud of his of his heritage. If you look, if you just look, just scan through his social media, I think that those could are probably two two legit uh, options, and then Michigan and Alabama. So even if mm-hmm. that were the case, you're gonna have to beat out some big boys that that are are really going after him for a West Coast kid. So well, I, um, will, I mean, part of the reason why I want I, I
1: want him just because I've wanted a Polynesian and a Samoan. And like at Miami for so long. Yeah. And I know Ross is a is a big someone. Those dudes are just monsters. Okay, Gabby, let me let, let me ask you one more question. And this is for on the current roster. So you were at spring practice, and I and we may have asked you this last time uh, you were on. Is the Jalen Knighton hype real? Because I am the biggest fan of him. I think he's gonna have a great freshman season, but I want to ask someone who was there looking at him you know in person on green tree is the hype real for him as a freshman
3: yeah i think um i think Jalen knighton is a really really talented kid i don't think there's any doubt that um you know the the hype is uh i mean i'm not sitting i'm not gonna sit here and say the kid's gonna uh, like pop off for for seven eight hundred yards as a freshman but i do think that um I just do think based on the fact that he was healthy and, uh, you know, those four spring practices became a a lot more valuable. Like, it seemed like a very limited amount at the time, but it definitely became more valuable uh, knowing that they weren't going to get any more at all. And um, so I think that uh, I think that he's a guy that could really make an impact behind Cam Davis. I think one of those, uh, did I say Cam Davis? I'm sorry, Cam Harris. Um, I think that he's going to be one of those guys that really gets gets some workload behind him. As a running back too, I know him and Don Chaney are really competing. Don Chaney looks big too, but I think Knighton is is really really talented. We saw what he could do at Deerfield Beach. I mean, this is a kid that when he was committed to Oklahoma as a, I believe as a junior, I was like, man, like it really sucks that that Miami can't can't land a kid like this. And then you know you fast forward a recruiting cycle and here he is enrolled and and an, early enrolled at your program. So uh, I'm a big I'm a big Jalen Knighton guy. I think that he has a I think he has a ton of potential, and you know we it, again, it was only four practices. you know how it is, marsh. We see a pretty limited uh, amount of that, so I can't tell you that I've seen Jalen Knighton pop off, like rip off like a bunch of like huge runs or anything like that. I wish I could um I could just see how he moved, and I think he moves really well uh i can I can tell you what the word is around the program, and the word is that he's he definitely has juice. So I, I think that we I think you know we're we're gonna see him play and uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if Jay, the Jalen Knight hype was in fact real and he ends up being a really quality player for us for the next three years. Run rooster run baby dude I I I I, I, I mean people don't realize
1: how hard I mean he's the second leading rusher in Broward County history and he was playing against. Yeah. Like the the biggest schools and the the best teams in the state of Florida rush for over five thousand yards four four speed I'm just I'm i um, I'm all about them but Gabby bro thank you so much man thank you so much for taking the time and you're you're always welcome on the show brother and when I'm in Florida in a few weeks we, we better link up whether it's at practice or uh, shenanigans.
3: Absolutely! Oh man, I'm I'm down for those wings again, man. Yeah, dude, I do. I've, I've, I've been craving those bad boys. I will. Yeah. Man. And, and congratulations to you guys for I know you guys are doing really well with this podcast. I saw you guys have climbed up the the college football rankings with these with this podcast ac- across the Apple Podcast rankings. So um, I'm very proud of you guys. I'm happy to be a part of this.
1: Hey man, it's it's a team effort, brother. But yeah, love you, man. Thank you so all much right, for coming all right,
3: man. on. Take yeah. it easy, Thank guys. You, See Absolutely. You, man.
2: Cool. So we're uh, running behind with Ro, so I'm, I'm going to hurry and get him on just so we're not keeping him waiting. Okay. Ro, what's up, man? Yeah, how's it going?
1: Hi, Ro! What's up, Marsh? Nothing much, man. We got Ro from my fellow writer at The State of You, and also from the Orange Bowl podcast. One of my favorite Orange Bowl boys, my bad. One of my favorite people on Kane's Twitter. How you doing, brother?
0: I am doing great so happy to be with you guys I thank you for the invite and uh yeah man it's raining up this way pretty hard so uh we'll we'll deal with it but it's South Florida it's typical for this time of year right sunny with a cloud a chance of showers mid-afternoon so that's exactly what just happened
1: yeah man I'll be there in a few weeks I'm, I'm looking forward to it so nothing like a South Florida summer it's it's kind of it's kind of hell on earth but you love it at the same time. Gotcha. Absolutely. Okay, so everyone knows you're the you're the quarterback guy. You know what you're talking about. Let's talk about our boy Jake Garcia. I know you um I know you kind of did a little film breakdown between him and Jalen Milrow not not too long ago. Um me and Jordan are huge Jake Garcia fans, and I think you're a pretty big Jake Garcia fan as well. Is that correct? That is absolutely, absolutely
0: correct. I, he is just a very, very talented deliverer of the football. Um, when I did that, you know, because State of the U was having that video game week. So I kind of put it in a Street Fighter esque kind of manner. And, <laughs> and they both have different skill sets. But where I like Jalen Melrose for a second with his, with his feet and his ability to make plays and escape the pocket and just hit a gear. Uh, I thought Jake Garcia was equally as impressive on the other side as far as an arm talent. Uh, he just had the ability to throw from different angles. He he can see things. He can, he can shorten up when he needs to, he can put his foot on the gas and, and marsh. That was probably one of the most impressive things when I saw Jake Garcia, just really want to go to the next level and just hit that gear. He has some really, really, really good straight line trajectory. And what do I mean by that? It's like, If you, by the time the ball comes out of the quarterback's hands, I just like to draw a straight line and and he literally could draw it on a rope. And when the receiver caught the ball, you could tell it was going to go another five to seven yards past his receiver. So when he wants to hit that other gear, he's a very good rotationally accelerated deliverer of the football, meaning he knows exactly how to use his lower half. And I just walked away with, with, with a very impressed at his exquisite, ability to throw the football I just and that that was the word. I was like man he's an exquisite deliverer of the football this is a very very talented kid uh, very high on him as well uh, I think if you turn around and you get somebody like Tyler Van Dyke one year and you turn around and get a guy Jake Garcia the next year that is exactly if you're going to get into the national conversation if you're going to get to the national consciousness about football it starts at the quarterback position no offense to anybody else but it starts with us, and in that case, you definitely stack chips from one year to the next, pulling off TBD. And if you can land Jake Garcia,
1: well, and you just led into my next question because I mean, I'd say that I'm 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 fairly confident that Garcia will decommit from USC and and flip to Miami. Let me ask Let me ask you this, Tyler Van Dyke. I feel like he. I mean, you're a big Tyler Van Dyke fan. I love the breakdowns you did with him. I know that you know he's. He's a Connecticut guy, just like our boy Toast. And um, okay, yeah, yeah. let me ask you this. Because he's like almost been forgotten about by the fans with, you know, this whole Garcia to the U movement. If you had to pick, if Garcia comes to the U, which quarterback is the guy for the future at Miami? Van Dyke or Garcia? You know, it's, it's funny.
0: It took this long for this question. And I knew it was going to come. And I knew it was going to happen. And I know where my answer is going to lie. It's Tyler Van Dyke Um, for the simple reason when I like if I did a street fighter comparison between the two. And I think that might be something that once, you know, Garcia does pull the trigger. And yes, USC's got a crowded, uh, you know, quarterback room, especially once they went ahead and took their commitment from Miller Moss. So you you see, two, and you don't really see a situation where you have two top end quarterbacks sticking in the same quarterback room. I mean, just look at the transfer market. Once they get at a destination, they're going to continuously move. So I, I agree with you. I don't think uh, Garcia is going to carry forth with his commitment to USC very long very much longer. So now let's get to the question that she said. So Tyler Van Dyke versus Jake Garcia. I have it on good authority, Marsh, that you know when when he was on the Green tree and he just arrived on campus, nobody was delivering the football better than Tyler Van Dyke. Um, and in that case, now you, you had King wasn't materialized yet. He didn't come through the portal. And I don't by no means necessary do I want anybody to think that Tyler Van Dyke's gonna start this year. This is this is King's season. If we have a season, whether it's an ACC shortened season or if we go into the spring and we have an, a fuller season in the spring. Either way, King's gonna be the guy this year, barring injury. But Tyler Van Dyke to me is the goods. And you, you gotta just you gotta watch it in parts. And and the reason why I can edge him out and say I believe Tyler Van Dyke overgersh, because he's been in the system. He's got that college weight room for one extra year. Uh, they have some comparable traits. I think in terms of short shuttle, Tyler Van Dyke has him. I think he has some sneaky athleticism. That's going to surprise some people. Um, I like his ability to, you know, his escape ability. I, I love what Tyler Van Dyke brings to the table in terms of just sensing the pocket, moving around. And when he wants to throw a straight line trajectory, when he wants to get on it, oh my goodness, he's got a gun. You know, he's, I'm, I'm going to put him – he's not going to be in the Stephen Morris category. Stephen was the guy at the University of Miami who, who, bar none, has had the best arm for me that I've witnessed. But Tyler Van Dyke, Kosey's got a really good live arm, and Tyler Van Dyke and they're going to creep up onto that. Like right under Stephen Morris' arm, that live, live wire arm, got that propensity to go ahead and hit that next gear, hit it deep. Uh, so Tyler definitely has the arm to make all the throws. So does Jake Garcia. In terms of athleticism, though, I'm going to give the slight edge to Tyler Van Dyke, and because he's been in the University of Miami system, because he's got the weight room, because he has the ability to digest and acclimate, I'm going to give the edge next year to Tyler Van Dyke. Cool. So
2: I I love hearing that. You know, I'm a big Tyler Van Dyke fan as well. You know, I I'm all about Jake Garcia, um, but I'm very much a proponent of you have to get a quarterback every season. Um, and, and I'm going to ask your help right now. I need you to chastise the Miami fan base for, for saying that we do not need to take a quarterback because of Tyler Van Dyke. I just, I hate the idea of that. You know, there, there's so many things that could go wrong. No matter how good Tyler Van Dyke is, we need a quarterback this year in this recruited class.
0: I'll chastise the Miami fan base for you. Here you go. Seven pounds. All right. What am I, what is Seven pounds. That's the amount of pressure you need to break your collarbone. You could just ask Tony Romo about that. All right. Yeah. It, these guys, they're one freak accident away. I've seen it way too many times. I mean, the year that you basically had Brad Kaya thrust into that, you had a freak green tree accident with Ryan Williams and his ACL. And there you go. You're only one injury away. You're always one injury away. And and here's the thing. And I kind of put it in, in a piece where I wrote for the State of the U. As much as I can sing superlatives about quarterbacks, the one thing without being in the quarterback room with them from a day to day basis and only getting like secondhand information, you never know what's going on upstairs. You really don't. And and you can have a guy just lose confidence. I'm not going to say it on the quarterback perspective, but just look at what happened with Bubba Baxter. Right. This is a consensus top kicker. Next, thing you know, something's creeping up in his head. He's not performing well. He needs a fresh start. I wish him all the luck in the world. But you had your kicker of the future. Everybody said he was a kicker of the future. The mind is a battleground. He kind of lost it there a little bit. We also had a fegal situation. And it could go ahead and it can manipulate a quarterback's mind as well. They got to be the most superior mental athlete on the team. They have to be checked in at all times. They, they have so much information being thrown at them at a, at a second. At a, you know A nanosecond. These guys got to process information. And if their mind's not right, it's next man up. So – Besides the injury that I told you to very simple to go ahead and snap a collarbone. Now you add the mental component. Yes. You need a quarterback every year. Let them fight it out. Let them, let them, you know, I'm a very meritocratist person. I mean, if there was one thing from the Al golden era that I liked, I did like the fact that he, he had this system. where like, Hey, the person who earns it deserves it. And at the quarterback position, no different bar none. That's the person that needs to earn it the most. Let Garcia, Tyler Van Dyke, and Kosey I – mean, Kosey can still be there too. So you know what? Let them all go and, and let them see – let the best man win. But that's what you're going to need at the University of Miami. You can't – you can't perpetually spin this wheel where we're just going to rely on, okay, Tyler Van Dyke leaves and Jake Garcia is going to be the pronounced starter next year because now you're marching on a guy with zero experience. It's very, very rare to win national championships like that, especially at the U – And I want to preface this and and I hate I I don't want to take any backlash from this, but this isn't like a loaded everywhere else team. You can expect a a phenom like Trevor Lawrence to come in like literally Trevor Lawrence can't win a national championship unless he has that supporting cast around him, peppered with like elite level NFL talented dudes. I mean, that's where I'm at. So for Miami to succeed, they're going to have to build it slower, a little bit slower, and they're going to have to have a quarterback who's battle tested. I don't want to see a situation where we keep – listen, Jaron Williams, for everything that happened, he was a first-time starter when he went and played against Florida. You saw how that went. You can't keep relying on these first-time starters here at Miami. And even if Tyler Van Dyke wins the gig next year, he's a first-time starter. you got to mm-hmm. get – got to stop that perpetual wheel of marching out rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, and absolutely.
2: To piggyback on what you're saying, like – so let's, let's follow that thread if – you know Tyler Van Dyke wins the starting job next season, um, and even if he plays good, like fast forward to the end of the year, so he's coming back as a redshirt sophomore. Um, but then Cozy and Tate are gone. So if we didn't take Jake Garcia this year, it's only him and Peyton Mataka in our quarterback room. Like I don't, I don't like that at all. No matter That's- how good Tyler Van Dyke is, I don't, I don't just want it to be him and Peyton Mataka back there.
1: Hey, don't, hey, don't doubt Mataka. I am not hating. This.
3: I'm
0: just it's a numbers game, man. Yeah, and the numbers, and you're absolutely right. After that year, if Tyler Van Dyke wins the job, you're you're thin again at the quarterback position. So you need to listen, anybody who wants to debate, you don't take a quarterback every year, you you just you, you're missing the boat. You you really are. You need to just keep taking quarterbacks every year. Now, you, you might get away. Listen, if you have the guy, okay, and Miami hasn't had the guy in a long time, but if you have the guy and you know you have the guy. Maybe the next year you take a quarterback that's, you know, your developmental guy. This is a guy that has a lot of upside that you believe in that, you know, fits in on the roster. You can go ahead and convince him to get there, get better. And maybe it's his job two more years down the road. Okay. You know, but you still got to take a guy, you know, and then the following year you get the, the guy again, you know, it's just, there's a level of the guy Uh, in this situation though. Absolutely. Boys. I I, I think, I think it's very prudent for Miami to go ahead and, and try to put all eggs into uh, Garcia, especially being Rhett Lashley's first quarterback guy, at why he's the offensive coordinator at University of Miami. That's a big statement if he can land
1: somebody like Garcia. Yeah, that that that's a very, very good point. Kay, so last time you were on, the Rhett Lashley hire was somewhat recently. What um, was somewhat recent? I wanted to ask you about uh, Coach Likens and Coach Justice, and I know that you and I uh, – I think it, it was you or Scoop, but uh, you and I were sold on Coach Justice when Larry Bluestein tweeted out his approval. Um, what are, how impressed are you with with those two guys? And I, I don't know, I just feel like they bring a different kind of energy um, that has been lacking in assistant coaches at Miami for a long time. What do you like about uh, Coach Likens and Coach Justice?
0: Well, the commonality there right off the bat, Marsh, when you talk to them, by the way, they both have offensive coordinator experience. So you want to talk about guys who who are battle tested? Those two guys are. And I think Larry, when he sung the superlatives and was very, very animate and happy when Miami announced here, has justice not proved it? I mean, just look, you turn around, you get Isaiah Walker to come down. And every single guy, depending on what publication you read, he's nailed a blue chip offensive lineman. Like every like that. He's got the Midas touch. He's hot. He was known to be a good recruiter. He's known to relate to the kids and he's proven it. Then you turn around and you get somebody like Likens. He's doing really well as well. The the buzz around the streets is that he's kind of connecting with the kids as well. And and I'll go back to my initial point. What I'm very thrilled about is not only do you have Rhett Lashley, who has his ability, but now you got justice. And these guys, they're, they're no they're, they're no strangers to the spread. And, and that's a big deal. I mean, this is a guy who played just as played for West Virginia and then turns around. He's he's a spread type guy, you know, so he um. understands it. And, and that's important. That's important for these kids to have that language. It's going to be different. It's not Enos anymore. Enos is like a, a defunct German. You know, it's a very harsh, dissonant, sounded looking at it on field. I'm trying to make it a very like a visualization that it just it looked like it sounded. Now you're going to have this nice little slick new language. And it's it helps that these guys call plays, especially in spread systems and they're versed in them. So I'm very happy that Miami. They, I think they really, really, really did well on that on those coordinator hires or those assistant hires. I really, really. did. Cool.
1: So, yeah, yeah as, as I, I mean, I've things, been so impressed with them. Sorry. Go ahead, Jordan.
2: I, I was just going to say, you know, last time we had you on was was February 18th. Uh, so the the Rhett Lashley hire was was just about a month old. Um, I, I wanted to ask you if you've had any new impressions in the last four or five months uh, just from watching tape. Is there is there anything, uh, any new information or new takes that you have that have been percolating?
0: Um, great question. Honestly, the, just caution Miami Hurricane fans in terms of. Rhett Lashley will use the RPO game. And I don't know if I said this back in February, but when I went back and watched him tape, he's going to use the extension of the RPO and the quick perimeter passes like it's a run. And I I can hear it now. They're going to be like, oh, we're not running the ball. We were running the ball good, and now we're passing. It's a numbers game with Rhett Lashley. And if you have those guys on the perimeter, it's like a toss play. I think Miami fans, it would behoove you now, listening to me, I will tell you, when you see that quick bubble on the perimeter, that is a toss in Rhett Lashley's mind. That is a toss. He is okay with that. And if it's you'll leave it to his receiver and his wide receivers on the perimeter, block your one guy, make your one guy miss and a big play will happen. I mean, to an extent, Enos had that happen. I remember Mike Harley's first touchdown ever at the U was of that variety. He just got a simple bubble off RPO and he scored. That's what you do with Miami kids in space. And I remember going back and highlighting that video and saying, this is what you need now. If you look at it and say that was a quick toss to your speedy wide receiver or speedy, you know, quote unquote halfback, then you're going to get a better, you know, realization of how Rhett Lashley likes to attack you. He likes to attack you with numbers. Uh, this isn't going to be some I don't think it's going to morph into some sophisticated kind of run game. Like I'm thinking like San Francisco when they when they had hardball. It was a very creative run game. I don't think we're going to have that. Uh, Rhett Lashley also does like to get into his bag. You know, he's going to have his core plays. He's going to have his core principles. And then from week to week, you know that they reverse a couple plays that they're specifically trying to attack the defense that they have. So you're going to see some creative wrinkles when it's not just going fast. I was very impressed. Uh, they actually uh, was it the game against Memphis. Yes, there was a game against Memphis. Used 12 set personnel, meaning the one running back and two tight ends. And he just had a play that just caught my eye. Initially, he put two tight ends. He put them out into the field he let them you're thinking that they're going to block they basically faked the bubble the tight ends open by like 20 yards high school open that's what i mean by getting into your bag he used his personnel he caught memphis off guard i thought it was a very very slick play so he's going to get into his bag as well uh, and, and then what we've all been clamoring for and this this is redundancy in the state of the redundancy redundancy department but It's going to go fast. It's going to spread out. It's going to go fast. It's going to make things easy for these guys. Um, And and to kind of parlay off that, this is perfect amongst this COVID season um, because it is not a very overly complicated offense. Even now, you haven't heard, even when they initially got the playbook, you haven't heard what you heard in the past that people are struggling with it. right? You haven't heard that yet. At least I haven't. Maybe you guys can correct me. And that's good. You know, like, it's the same gentleman. It's the same thing when Manny Diaz came here. You were inundated with rules with Mark D'Onofrio. You He talked week to week at nauseum about mental errors, mental errors, mental errors. The system gave you paralysis through analysis, right? It was too complicated. And when you don't have the hours that the NFL can pour into it, a system that's a lot more simple on the offensive side of the ball, You're going to see how much faster that they played year one with Manny Diaz coming off. You're going to see the same thing coming off of Enos. These guys are just going to play faster, not thinking, they're reacting. And that's what Miami needs. They absolutely need this. So those are my three new takeaway points from Rhett Lashley. The fact that it's simple and it's going to actually help when you're having this COVID season and practice time is, you know, is a a limitation. Let's be honest. It's it's limited right now. It's an extension of the run game. You know, just when you look at those quick perimeter passes – and I think, yeah, there was one more, but
1: I tried. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> so so um, let's switch to the offensive line. And I think we're all in agreement and I don't think a lot of Hurricanes fans, I mean, we have such an intelligent fan base, but they are still under the impression that we're going to still see this same offensive line like we did last year. But so now that Navon Donaldson is redshirting, who do you think replaces him Or does your starting five on the line change, you know, completely?
0: Well, before he announced that he was going to have his injury, I actually didn't have him in my starting five. Uh, And I think this is a smart uh, decision for him to heal up off his injury. Uh, This is a system, too. And I'm not taking a shot when I say this. But because of the tempo, because of the humidity, you got to be a little light on your feet. And if you have a propensity to kind of pack on some pounds, especially coming off like a knee injury, I don't think this system would have did him any favors until maybe a following year, another year into rehab and rehabilitation. So I'm going to go on record now. And when I announced my starting five before he announced he was out, Navon Donaldson wasn't in it. So obviously I'm going to go ahead and default. You know, we we got to you know, it's, it's funny. We, we lost to Jaron Williams and we got a different type of Jay Williams. So that's who I'm going to go ahead and pencil in at left tackle until proven otherwise. Uh, I, I think you know people forget this name, but I, I was kind of high on him before he left the program and came back. But I have Cleveland Reed doing some damage. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, I think this is somebody that people forgot about, but he's a blue chip kid when he initially came in. I think we're solidified on who the center is going to be, right, Corey Gainer. Uh, and then at this point, I, I I just don't think I know they were messing around with a line, but I don't I I don't think people fully appreciated we're appreciative of the fact of how good Jakai Clark was last year. I mean, he was a he was God. like a good he was a good umpire, right? You didn't hear his name a lot. And and that's what you want as an offensive lineman. Your offensive lineman's like a good umpire in baseball. You don't know their name when they're doing a good job. When they're doing bad, you're going to hear it, right? You knew who your left tackle and your right tackle on the Miami roster was last year. There was a reason for that. But you didn't really hear Jakai Clark's name often. And I think Ja'Kai Clark could probably go ahead and he's just too much of a banger, too smart. And then I I, I think I, Skate is too talented. Uh, I didn't think he did a bad job at right tackle. So that's kind of where I am. You're almost looking at the same thing. But you're starting tackles that started against Florida last year. I don't have him initially in, penciled into my starting five. Now, uh, in terms of the right tackle, I know he was coming off some hand injury. So that's going to play dividends, see how he, he bounces back from that because he, I know – from a source he was battling with a hand injury last year so we'll
1: see what happens there Okay, hmm. hey, so we have one more que- question each so this is an off the wall question for me ro so i mean i mean i i'm a huge obb fan been listening for a long time i've been on the show a few times love you guys and so whenever i go on a long road trip i always go back and listen to you know one of the interview guys or hangout sessions that you guys do with former players my favorite one was with malik roger Um, how did you, what did you take away from that interview? Because I know that he, I mean, it, I mean, it was pretty revealing at times and, and you kind of came away thinking, man, we, I really gave this guy kind of too hard of a time. At least that's what I was thinking. What did you take away from that interview with Malik and how do you like view his time at Miami? And also how do you view, mark Richt and how he handled that situation you know
0: i i was floored that's the word after that interview i was i i I don't you know we're creeping up on our 100th episode and you know it just started like you guys just a a bunch of buddies who have a passion for the hurricanes and we've we've gone on so many different twists and turns and it you know at times we're a variety show and at times you know we just we just especially the off season like you guys are understanding now it's just off-season talk kind of is tough especially when it's you know when you have no sports to talk about. But then when I look back on my Orange Bowl boy career, that's gonna be my highlight and we could do another 200, 300, 400 or only two extra episodes. that it, it, it just it, it taught me a lesson Marsh. It just like you said, I, I mean I was a quarterback you know guy I was writing for Insight and I'm literally picking apart film. And I wasn't shy about it. Like, listen, he missed this. He missed that. Uh, I, you know, shushing the crowd I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, you know, trying to make a statement to his own team. I mean, there were so many things I was hypercritical about. And it's so easy as a fan sometimes. It's so easy as a fan to forget something that that's somebody's son. You know what I'm saying? That that is a kid. And to no fault of his own, he did the best that he could. And when that when that interview just kept going and kept going, I just walked away so impressed with him to the fact that even even I almost Marsh and I don't want to say this. I want to say this as humbly as I can, because that to date and Jimmy Murphy was another great one of those capacities. But I think that episode just I I think it changed a lot of people's perception of Malik. You know, that thing was over 10,000 listens. It, it, it was, I'm, I'm saying humble about that. It was just, and it wasn't because of us. It was simply because Malik just opened up and you got to be behind the veil of something you didn't really necessarily ever get to hear in a different Avenue. And I just thought, Malik, I know when you asked Mark Rick, Mark Rick handled it terribly. I mean, you can't go into Friday not announcing who your starter's going to be when they play on Saturday. Like that wasn't a fair situation. And then to hear and to, and, and to break bread with other quarterbacks who played for Mark Rick, you're like, this system was just, we knew, everybody knew what we were running. And that was the ongoing joke, but it was reality. So just imagine being a quarterback under those pretenses. You yeah. don't know if you're going to play on Saturday. Everybody knows what you're calling, and that was the joke, but it was reality. This is coming from guys that said this. They they felt like they weren't getting better, and it's just it, the calls and, and the clamoring for Mark Rick to kind of relinquish his offensive coordinator duties was instantly validated for me when I heard that Malik Rozier story. I am a always proponent and big fan of him moving forward. He knows this. He is a great dude. He, he was embattled. We booed that kid, and he is the true definition of just hanging tough, that no matter what happens – like, cause we're fickle sometimes we're hurricane fans, you know, we'll, we'll love you one second and we'll boo you the next. That's just how South Florida is. We're, we're, we're the constant, constant bandwagoners, you know, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. So I, I wish him nothing but the best of luck, man, because that was no matter what I'm telling you a hundred more episodes. I don't know what it is, but that will always be the highlight of my OBB careers. That interview, that was just, just such a, a monumental shift for me as a human being. To be like, you know what? Back off! It's a kid. You know, stop, stop, stop being so hypercritical. This kid, this kid did nothing but give his all in all in a pretty pretty bad situation. So that's where I am there.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with Marsh in, in that that was also my favorite. You know, it was it was good. And with you, you know, it it totally just like shattered my perception of of Malik as a as a person and a football player to the point that like, I can remember what I was doing when I was listening to that, you know, because <laughs> I, I felt a lot of guilt in raking him over the coals and, you know, all that stuff. And, and uh, I mean, so as a consumer, like, thank you for, for doing that episode. Cause it was fantastic. And, and, you know, I, I do think it, hopefully there's a lot of Miami hurricanes fans that, that learned lessons uh, for, from listening to Malik talk. And then as you were saying, just, you know, hearing the insight into those years, 2017 and 2018, was was priceless as well. You know, it, it really reflected just, you know, perfectly the, the last 20 years that we've been facing. You know, <laughs> win 10 straight games, then lose, you know, what did we lose? Like five straight or something like that going mm. between the two seasons. And geez, man, it's uh, what a wild ride. But anyways, I got one last question for you. It's real quick. I'm going to set the over and under at 600 rushing yards for DeArrick King. And I want you to tell me if you're taking over or under.
0: Oh, that is a great number. (laughs) Good good one, one. George. That is a great number because that is about where I would anticipate. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, like if you told me 500, I would say over in a heartbeat. 600 is making me pause on taking the over. But I I will tell you, it will be close. And I will take the over, but not by much. I think 600 yards, I mean, he's got the capability. He was one of the few players in NCAA history who actually threw over 400. And I think there's three total in history, if my memory serves me right. Uh, He threw for over 400 in that USF game and ran for over 100. So that's only been done a few times in NCAA history. So he has the capability of rattling off a 100-yard game with his feet in one game. But the only caution and concern that would make me go under is if we're actually going to play a full schedule. So if they do this abridged ACC, then I'll say no. But that is a very good starting line. That would get action on both sides. If it's a full 12 games, I'll say over 600, not by much. If it was a 10-game season, I'd say he's under by a
1: little bit. So that's where I'm at. All right. Sorry, go ahead. Ro, thanks so much, man, for coming on. And uh, make sure you tell Toast and Scoop, I say, what up, you know, I think, I, I think so highly of you guys, I always say that you guys are like the big brothers I never had in, in this Canes world. But, um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on, brother.
0: I, absolutely. And, you know, and from us and, and Marsh, just uh, glad to, glad to be on with you, man. And I appreciate what you said. I mean, yeah, you're like, you're, you're a little brother. I've definitely adopted, adopted you. You, uh, yeah. you know, a lot to me. I don't know if you know this and I, you know, my heart, you know, is with you. Uh, in your endeavors i wish you jordan all the best of luck you know you you know you're you guys do something special in your own right you guys do it very very well when people ask us man we always recommend too because we you know we're all family uh we at the light of the at the end of the day we're all hurricane fans and you know we we pull for each other there's never any animosity in terms of that we don't we don't roll that way and it's just been one wild ride we go up together we go down together and we just try the best but Glad to see you out here, buddy. Uh, love you guys. And, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah,
3: Absolutely, thanks, brother. Cool.
0: love you too, man. Dead. All right. See
1: yeah, you.
2: Thanks, man. Ugh. Cool. Oh, dude, Roe is the great. greatest.
1: That, dude, that, that that's one of my favorite episodes ever. Those are two of my favorite people. Yeah. And not just like in Kane's Twitter, but like just that, yeah. like, I've met. Like, Roe is. So he he's such a good man and and Gabby's like a brother to me I'm not like I'll Rose really tall too. I remember when I met him for the first time I'm like wow, you're you're huge. I was so <laughs> yeah. like I was like intimidated. Yeah. But like the dude has like a heart of gold and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to football.
2: That I, I think uh, both those things are very apparent just talking to him. Um you know, you can it, at least to me like that when he when he talks on, on a personal level it feels extremely genuine you know what I mean um and, and then uh of course you talk to him for five minutes about football and and you uh suddenly have self-confidence issues about your own knowledge of football so,
1: <laughs> you know. Bro, I, think I know like a little bit and then I go watch his like film breakdowns yeah. and I'm like wait what Like, what is that? Like, what are you talking about? Like, are we even watching the same sport? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I feel, you know, sometimes I feel like a like a true sports geek or like a football head, you know, just watching a quarterback film. And then, uh, you know, I'll I'll be a little high on myself and be like, oh, yeah, I could do this, you know. And then you hear Roe talk about, you know, you can you can tell just from talking to him that he's watching totally different things than I do. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like talking about the lower body, like acceleration and how it's turning and stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? I I didn't even know that was important. So,
1: dude, yeah. on it like I on it like I loved and I knew I was gonna love this episode. We were talking about it earlier today. Like I and I it met all my expectations. Just the way, and I'm so happy. I asked him like the Rogier question because that was that just like made my heart happy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Dude, that was such a good episode. Definitely, I mean, everyone, if you haven't heard that Malik Rozier episode of the Orange Bowl Boys, definitely do yourselves a favor. And, you know, Ro didn't really plug his own podcast, but just listen to the Orange Bowl Boys anyways. But definitely listen to that episode. Yeah. To,
1: yeah. Well, and, and they've also done, I mean, they've also, the Jimmy Murphy one is incredible. Yeah. I loved the Braxton Berrios one just because I love Braxton. Brad Kaya was great. Like, yeah. they've had some really, really good guests. And we need, we need to get on, we need to get Toast and Scoop on. Yes. We, you know, it would be fun if we just did like a roundtable episode, just the five of us one night. I, I would love that, man. I've actually never,
2: I've never talked to, uh, to Scoop or Toast before. But I would no. absolutely love
1: to. Bro, um, if I had a twin but just like 20 years older, it would be Scoop. Yeah. I, I love, love him. And I love Toast. Oh, they're just so great. And they've been so kind to me. I remember when Ro first invited me on the show, um, Orange Bowl Boys, it was last summer. And it was it was when I was like getting fairly known, you know, by the Canes Twitter and everything. And I'm like, wait, what? you actually want me to come on the Orange Bowl Boys? Like, yeah wait what i think i was on the same show as like gino Toretta, and i was so nervous and then when i went and saw their live show um in florida Uh where brad kaya was on they invited me up like on the show while kaya was on there too it was it just meant so much and i'll never forget when they uh they call they wanted me to call in after the louisiana tech game just because of my outburst from that loss and uh It was, it's just, I love, I can't say enough about those guys. Same for Gabby. Like, man, it's,
2: yeah, I I agree, man. This is,
1: I mean, we say it all the time,
2: right? I, I say it all the time. Just we're surrounded by so many good people in what we do. And uh, dude, episodes like this are a good reminder of that. And you can't just help, but feel extremely grateful, you know, like, Roe doesn't need us. You know what I mean? <laughs> he doesn't need to come on our show to talk about you know, quarterbacks because he has his own platform that's uh, you know, every bit, if not a lot bigger than than what we do. So you know, so it, it's purely out of altruism and, and and support that he's coming on our show to talk about Derrick King and, and Rhett Lashley. So I just appreciate it a ton and, and Gabby as well, you know. I mean Gabby is uh you know he's uh i I think he's still a hundred percent on his crystal ball projections, so you know, kudos to gabby and and he's going places too so it it's cool and was, to-
1: I'm so proud of him, man like oh i we would talk at fall camp and like there'd be times like where neither of us like it would be like late at night and like we couldn't sleep, we would snapchat and we would just literally just tell each other like dude, you and I we're gonna we're like we're next, man, like we're gonna do this like we're the next like big guys in Miami, and like Gabby is is making it happen man and hopefully i can follow in his footsteps but i'm so proud of that kid and and just what he's doing and so happy he's getting married and i'm just so happy yeah like that was that that was honestly i i'll declare it favorite episode ever (laughs)
2: dude it was definitely uh yeah it's definitely worthy of that of that description man it's uh good people and and good chats you know you can't ask for more that's that's why we we got into the podcasting business you know what I mean it, it you can't ask for something more than talking about sports with good people for your job you know
1: yeah like and then that's why um you know that's why I love the way that we are like we get to we don't just ask these people like just info 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 okay goodbye but like i mean like we actually like talk to these guys like actually like Gabby i love Gabby and i love Row like like these like they're actually like f- my friends that like i've met and like i can actually like talk to them like human beings not like we're robots like just searching for recruiting gold mines and um you know quarterback mechanics it's like we actually talk about more than just football and that was very very kind of Row at the at the very end i I he he uh, he was said some very nice things after my father passed away Gabby I mean literally right after I sent the tweet he he texted me about 30 seconds later and and he would check up on me all every other day and yeah. ugh, two of the good best
2: people man. out there good people two of the best people we are lucky man we're we're lucky that uh that we get to associate with some good people and and uh talk sports with them
1: yeah could you imagine if like we just, like, were somehow just, like, UCLA fans or, like, Cal fans. Like, that would suck. I'm so damn proud to be a Miami Hurricanes fan. Yeah, man. It would suck to be a Cal fan, dude. Yeah. Like, there are actual people out there who are fans of, like, Nevada or Colorado State. Like, those poor bastards. (laughs) Like, they don't don't realize, even though we haven't been great, like, it's still just... Like, I love just like hanging out on Twitter and just talking with Canes fans. And like last night when we did that Zoom call, like the six of us, like yeah. I had a blast.
2: Yeah, dude. It's good stuff. Dude, imagine great. being a Florida State fan and just knowing that you support evil.
1: Well, and then also, you know, I mean, not only that, but like you, you probably, mi- you're probably missing like 13 teeth. I yeah. mean, you're married to your first cousin. Um, there's a lot of baggage that comes with being an FSU fan and just
3: the fact that they suck.
1: I'm still, now you just got me fired up about the whole ACC thing. There's no way.
3: There's no way
1: on God's green earth that an actual college football writer believes that FSU is better than Miami right now. Actually, there is one person. Um, on Twitter, an actual writer. I said he can come on the show because I want to help him. He oh. said FSU has a better. De- he said FSU has the best defense in the ACC. Oh, ugh. On what earth? Like, what is he smoking? Nothing good, obviously. If <laughs> he
2: comes on the show, let me know if we have him on. Let me know who it is before we have him on, and uh, I, I will be polite and supportive. But I, I will definitely, definitely. Be in his ear about that.
1: I it's just like I mean, it all you have to say is Greg Russo, and we already have a better defense than FSU. Yeah. I he he. So I I picture every. I
2: I don't live in Florida, you know. I I picture every FSU and UF fan, pretty much living in the the same house that like Bobby Boucher lives in. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that is my perception that is my perception of, of Florida
1: State and Florida fans it's I, like I just oh they're so ugh. they're so stupid like people talked I mean I, it's just I'm just we're just so blessed that we are actually smart and know football like <laughs> I have FSU fans many <laughs> FSU fans saying that they th- that FSU is better than Miami it's just like like I like I'm not afraid to admit it like Florida is far better than Miami but like if you're a Florida State fan just admit like it's okay to admit Miami's better we may win by 40 this year yeah like they just don't they don't seem to realize and they seem to forget that we that they that we have Derek King that we have Rousseau we have Brevin FSU killer we have Wiggins FSU killer we have we have Lashley. We have Roche. Like, they have two players. They think that Norvell is going to come in. Is Did I miss something? Is he bringing a good quarterback? Is he bringing a decent offensive line? Is he really – like, what the hell do they think he's bringing? He's got nothing!
2: Dude, the only way the FSU could actually be better than last season is if he brought the entire Memphis roster. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh... Because, was because them, it's FSU and they deserve nothing but pain. Yeah. But I dude, I think this year they like they will not be good. I would no. at, at best I think they get seven wins. At it, best,
2: they're in free fall right now, man. They it does not look good. Oh, I. I Leon mean,
1: Sanders, one the greatest player ever to come out of Florida State, who still is very involved with the program. His son chose FAU over yeah. FSU. FAU. They he chose Willie Taggart. The guy who just got fired over yeah. primetime's alma mater. And they and FSU doesn't have a quarterback. Like, I think they have like a true freshman, but like I think they're about to lose their uh, quarterback commit to Bama. So, I mean, like, they can't do anything to stop it because they're not gonna win. What are you gonna do? Like, they're bankrupt. They live in like it like five, I just remember when I was living in Tallahassee, that was the hate. That was like the Dalvin Cook era. That was the Jameis Winston era. FSU was like the king of college football. And just to see how far it's fallen, it's it's even more incredible than Miami. Like it just because it's gone so quick. I mean you had guys like Jalen Ramsley, um, Derwin James, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Freeman, Jameis Winston, Kelvin Benjamin. Now you don't have Dick. Yeah. We just went to from a happy place to a really dark and angry Marshall place. But I'm right. Like, I'm right, aren't I? Yeah, no, of course you're right, man. Like, what do they think? Like, what? like we I think we had like 18 sacks against them last year and they're bringing back their, that whole line. And we got better on the line. Yep. We may kill James Blackman, the poor bastard. Oh man. And I still, th- I mean, I still think DeAndre Francois is laying on the ground at Hard Rock Stadium after the beating we gave him two years ago from J- by Joe Jackson and Gerald Willis, dude. I've never. It was incredible to see that, like a quarterback take that kind of beating, and then it was multiplied last year with Hornybrook. That dude. W- there was a time in like the second half where he got sacked. I swear, every play. Yeah. With you, man. Oh, I'm gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> oh
2: my God. All right, man. Any anything? Uh, any final words to to the viewers of this fine episode?
1: Oh man, do we have some big things planned for you guys? Oh yes.
2: I'm we very got, excited.
1: We got great guests, and we have a potential huge guest that yes. could. Uh, it won't be till about September. Yeah. Former general manager in the NFL, yeah. one of my heroes in the in the football world. Yeah, man. Oh, and also before I go, I was thinking about it all night. We have to get Michael Irvin and Jimmy Johnson on at some point. But we have to. So, Canes fans, if you're listening to this, send out a tweet, tag the playmaker, tag the coach, because, yeah. I mean, so my and. Obviously, this is like a tribute to my father because Irvin was his favorite player and Jimmy was his favorite coach, both Hurricanes, both Cowboys. I, it, I'm, We're going to make it happen. I don't yeah. care if I have to freaking go f- boat around the Florida Keys <laughs> looking to find Coach Johnson or bust into the NFL network and demand Michael Irvin to come on the podcast. It's going to happen. Yeah, man. Let's uh, start the hashtag, man. Michael Irvin to fours up. Just just tag him and say hey please we have a very we have a pathetic friend named Marsh and he just loves you so much. Yeah. But other than that, we'll see you guys on Thursday.
2: Yeah.
1: See you then. <laughs> Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Gabby. Love you guys. I love you, Jordan.
2: Hey, I love you, man. And I
1: love <laughs> I I love Gabby and Ro too. Great guys. <laughs> Okay, all right. See you Thursday. Go Canes. God bless you all, except if you're an FSU fan. Nah, God bless you too. Just know that you suck. Okay, go Canes man. This has been the Forza Podcast. Remember to like...